0: Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 201 recorded on July 23rd, 2021, where John and Jason go over the July 2021 Power BI updates, including streaming data flows and lots of cool stuff going GA. Good morning, Jason. How are you today, John? I am doing fantastic. It is the last day of work before I head to Chicago for SharePoint yes, Fest. I'm yes, I'm super excited, and we're yes. we're recording this a little out of order just because we want uh, we want the fun episode to be episode two hundred. So we're going to release That's this right. a little bit late. We wanted to record this today, though, while it's really really fresh. We have a desktop drop and a service drop and all sorts of feature summary stuff to talk about. And we need
1: to go through it. Yeah. so It just wouldn't do if we didn't do that. Correct. And so
0: we'll have two episodes that are going to come out next week because we're just going to be cool like that. Hopefully you got a chance to listen to episode 200. Hopefully it was a lot of fun. It was our first time back in the public which is going to be yeah. kind of weird in yeah. what, 18 first, months. Yeah, my first time out of the country in 18 months. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. So I'm excited. Heading out here soon to go uh, enjoy that and uh, go be a part of SharePoint Fest again. I'm really looking forward to it. Back into the community. Yeah, and some cooler weather. It's been a little bit warm here in Texas again. Like, not Texas hot, which is really strange. Like I don't think we've reached triple right. digits This month, which is really weird. Well, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. But we are getting our daily dose of showers. So everything's in blue. My lawn looks fantastic. Jill pulled about two pounds of green beans out of the garden yesterday. And I I did that yesterday too. There you go. We got seven eggplants growing. So hopefully by the time we get back from Chicago, we're gonna have bugogi coming out our ears. So
1: Well, I hope that, I don't know if I'd really want to see that, but that's okay. Oh, it's, it's a fantastic <laughs> dish, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. And I'm not in the ears. Yeah, not as much, no. that's Not as much. It leaves a little bit of a waxy building.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. We've got a, a fairly long document to go through today, so uh, we probably should get right at it. Well, let's do that right after we hear a bit from our sponsors. Sounds good. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by TIGRAPH the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at Tigraph.com. All right. Well, it's... Uh As usual, I guess we start out with uh, some of the new reporting features, right? Yeah, let's be transparent. This month,
0: and this is not unusual, it's July, folks. It's it's a little bit of a lighter, you know, button things up, clean stuff up, make a bunch of stuff, GA, important releases, but not oh, wow, holy cow, I have to go try that right this second. There's one of those. There is one of There's those. There's one it's of a those, one but too. it's not five like we've seen in some of, let's say, right. February-ish, March-ish. Those are really the months where, man, big stuff's happening. April and May are always like, wow. And then you go into the sort of dog days of summer.
1: And that's where we are that's, right now. So it's polish time. It's make things generally available time, right? So that everyone can use them and not just us. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh.
0: it's good stuff that's coming out and little minor tweaks to each one of these. So the first one up in the reporting category is small multiples are now generally available. And, yep. you know, as we've mentioned in the past, a lot of times things are sitting in, in, in pre GA world for a long time because they're waiting to go through some of the ADA compliance and stuff like that. So there are a couple, there are two improvements this month, both of which are you know, accessibility features, right? Yeah. So, uh, well, that's not true. One of them with multiple parts, there's an improved keyboard navigation and screen reader support, and the other one is uh, new sorting functionality for your small multiples, which I think that's an accessibility thing for me because uh, I got yep. to be able to sort properly. So all of that to say the small multiples feature is out there in GA now. Go try it out if you haven't yet. There was one that was uh, posted to Twitter that I thought was really cool, which was like the past... 20 years of baseball history for each team. I thought that was really, really cool. It was a Power BI report that was uh, cool. public. And you know it was a small multiples report. So I think that thing was really neat. I'll see if I can find a link to it and uh, share that out as well but uh, that was really cool and it's a
1: good example of this small multiples feature definitely definitely cool well and the next one is conditional formatting for more properties and you know I'm going to pause because, you know, you tend to want to gloss over that. Okay, great. We got more conditional formatting. But I want to just pause and talk about how important this is. Conditional formatting, one of the things I really like about paginated reports in general or SSRS in the past was it's that built-in function language and how you can make absolutely everything data-driven. And that's really what conditional formatting is, I mean, it's a lot more than what you might think it is in, in something like Excel where you just, you know, turn things red or green. Of course it does that, but it allows you to use data to drive all kinds of properties and it's available for a up- Pile more properties this time around. Depends on the visual, etc. But I'll just run through them. Uh, data label colors can now be controlled through conditional formatting. Total labels can be controlled. Legend text colors can be controlled. I'll stop saying can be controlled. Access start <laughs> and end. Access title. Grid line and label colors. Funnel visual percent bar label colors, funnel visual category access color, multi-row card title text, data label colors, category label colors, gauge visual access colors, including start minimum and maximum. And finally, slicer slider and header font colors. All of these things were just declarative before, and now you can use data to drive them. So that's wonderful.
0: I'm a fan. I like conditional formatting. Because it, it catches the eye. Like it's stuff yeah. that really helps you you know, get to that feel of a dashboard, even though we, it's a report, helps you make decisions, helps you not miss something. And yep. I'm just a fan. So the next Absolutely one here right. is something I am very happy to see. I was waiting for this to happen.
1: It's another visual. That's two months and two
0: visuals, by well, the way. Well, but this one's been there. Oh, it has. Imp- yeah. So the, Power Automate? No, you could add it in. Correct. You could We've add it had in. had the visual. Yes. But it wasn't a part of the out of the box right, 30. That's what I mean. In 38 before 39 now. Visuals. It means we have to
1: change our slide that says how many visuals come out of the box of PowerPoint. I already did that's that. What
0: John, I know. I care know. Of. So, you know, one less thing for you to have to worry about. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this is important for me because I work with a lot of regulated industry companies who do not allow access to app source. And this is an important visual. Like the, the power automate yeah. visual is very important and we need it. So, I'm glad to see that it's now something that's just out of the box. It's not something you have to go add in as an after-the-fact. It's a first-party visual, so it should be yeah. native, and now it is. So
1: Not only that, I mean, it's important enough that it goes up into the ribbon, too. So, you've got a few visuals up in the, up in the ribbon, uh, including paginated reports, Power Apps, and now you've got Power Automate, too, as well as some of the um, AI-based visuals as well. So, But yeah, the, the, the really important visuals get promoted to the ribbon, or at least what the team thinks is is important. Yes. <laughs> so the next one here is sensitivity labels
0: in Power BI Desktop is now generally available. Not much to mention about this other than that, like I think this is great. I'm looking forward to starting to use this at work. I see that coming down the pike really fast for me. If you're just getting started, it's a great thing to start doing right from the outset, even if you just base layer something so that you can apply a sensitivity label to something that is really sensitive down the line, where everything gets the base layer of, you know, not sensitive, and then come back along. But this now respects, and also... A republish of the PBIX with the option to not override the label in, in the destination is available. That was not there before, and that's really important to make sure that we're not overriding, oh, I didn't realize it was sensitive, and so I just published it with uh, without sensitivity. Once it's there, you can say,
1: oh, I don't want to override so. Yeah. In addition, I mean, one of the benefits of uh, Desktop getting the sensitivity labels is it's aware of them at the data source, including Excel. So if you import data out of an Excel file now in Desktop, it's going to pop up and say, "Hey, there's been a label attached to this. I think you probably should apply it to this report as well." Yeah, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Well, especially for you Excel people. Exactly. I say it, you Excel people like I don't like Excel. I love Excel. Yeah. As long as you use it right. Yeah. <laughs> it's and there's so much
0: more that's come down the line with Excel excel the connect the connectivity with power bi the refresh capability you know is now fully available i saw that happen this week that was really cool. The other one, uh, and we'll talk about this in a future episode, I'm sure, was that the SharePoint, reporting on SharePoint list is now generally available to everyone. It showed up for everybody in all tenants now.
1: So I think that's pretty huge. Yes, it is. It is. Now, moving on to the modeling section. Uh, we have the new model view being generally available now, which is great. You won't have to worry about doing the upgrades or flipping between different things. And so that the new model view, I, I imagine you've been exposed to it a fair bit by now. I, I really like it it's a UI change, but it's a UI that really uh, helps with the workflow. Yeah. To be honest with
0: you, John, I'd forgotten that there was an old one at this point already. That's how <laughs> <Fair enough>. how <laughs> long it's been out there and how much I've been using it. I really do like this feature so i'm glad to see that it's not only that it's generally available but i think it's the way now right it is this There's, is the way the automatic upgrade you know, it, you know keep in mind that if you're using a report that you haven't upgraded to the new model view it will automatically be upgraded for you now that's right you're not going to see the old model anymore so it's, it is just the model view the way yes yep this exactly. is the, right. And this our, is our the slides
1: have been updated for this as well. I'm telling you. This it. is a challenge, man. Staying up to
0: date, I'll tell you. Yep. <laughs> I'm lucky that we uh, we do this podcast so that we can
1: keep on top of it. Otherwise, we'd forget. My second favorite product name uh, has got some updates Direct Query for Azure Analysis Services and Power BI Datasets. So, tell us what, what's new with the meta model. There's a couple of things. And again, this is creeping along and getting required changes while still being useful. One of them has to do with uh, auto-generation. Generated date tables and date tables in the remote model, they'll now show up locally. I hope everybody understands what I mean by that. Because when you connect to a remote model, of course, uh, the properties of that model should come and, and, and be available to you as a report developer in your local model mm-hmm. and that's kind of what has been lacked certain aspects of that have been lacking and those are what are being added in here so you've got the uh the date tables are now going to show up as well and in addition lineage tags having not used them I really don't know a whole lot about them but if you've got lineage tags defined in your remote model any renames that happen at the remote model are automatically going to populate back to your to that local model so I imagine there's a lot of work involved in doing this but uh, so I'm glad To see it's being done. This is an important feature. All right. So the next thing is a
0: couple of data connectivity things. There's a new connector for Amazon Athena, which is not Mm -hmm. something I've used. I don't know uh, Amazon's Athena. So that's great that that's there. Databricks, there's an updated connector. Dremio, an updated connector. And MariaDB, there's an updated connector to, you know, to fix specific things,
1: column size for the Varchar data type uh, on MariaDB. Mm-hmm. Is it Varchar or Varchar? I'm never sure. It's one of those things that I read and I assume the pronunciation. I'm never sure. Like Jeff and GIF. <laughs> uh, I've always <laughs> called it car because okay. it's character. Yeah.
0: Character that makes sense, so but I've heard Varchar as well. Like, yep, I don't think yep. either one of them is wrong. Yeah, I say char, I'm not sure why I do, but I need to, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so streaming data Total flows, fun. John. This is, yes. a, this is exciting. Brrr, this is the biggie. Now, yeah. this one we had to pause and go watch the video.
1: Well, I was using a preview and I couldn't understand why some things weren't working all that well, and then you pointed out, hey. Did you do it this way? I said, no, you don't do it that way. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Go look at the video. And I did. And it oh, turns out you do. So I have that, that changed with the release. Yeah. So there is a new connector. And it's not a release the preview. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, no, mm-hmm. th- so it's it's new this month in full release. Right. Uh, the Power Platform Data Flows Connector. Right. Which instead of using the Power BI Data Flows Connector, you should be using the Power Platform Dataflows connector. And I don't know that they do a spectacular job in the text here of calling yeah. that out. It is important. Miguel did a great video diagramming out exactly how this thing works, highly recommend it. Kelly Kay did a wonderful intro, but you know, if you're really looking just for this, you can skip to about eight minutes in, somewhere just after that, if the only thing you're looking for is the streaming Dataflows. Because you get all the rest of it from us.
1: Yeah, exactly. We probably should define what they are. <laughs> Go for it, John. <laughs> streaming data flows are a very interesting concept. So we, this uh, hits on the real-time capabilities of Power BI. And we've had a number of features available, some since the beginning of the product, that support real-time capabilities. The, the original one was a streaming data set. And this is an important distinction to, to make between the different the difference between a streaming data set and a streaming data flow, and they've named them well because it. Points to where you're putting the data and how you'd work with the streaming data set. You, you essentially write to that directly with an API of some sort, or you could use Power Automate to do that, et cetera. But you're populating a data set directly. And when you do that, you get real time capabilities by using actually the Power BI dashboard and it will update on the screen automatically for you. You can connect to a streaming data set with a report, provided that it's a push data set, not an actual real time data set. And then use the refresh capabilities of a report to keep the screen up to date. But those things are are fundamentally different. And I just mentioned the the automatic refresh capability of report is another kind of real time capability. When you can when you connect a report to a data source that supports direct query, you can essentially tell that report to automatically refresh itself on screen on a periodic basis or through some change detection mechanism when a measure changes, et cetera. It can keep itself up to date. All right. So that's what's been there.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Something to note, if you go do this and you connect up and you visualize your page and you're not seeing data refreshing, don't be too shocked if you're on a corporate laptop like mine. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. John and I were playing with this this week and he's like, oh, I got it working. It's looking so cool with the Twitter data. Da, da, da. I was like, that's awesome. I want to go take a look. I went and take a look. I'm like, John, it's not refreshing. He goes, yes, it is. I said, no, it's I'm looking at it. He goes, it's, not re- it's, it's refreshing on mine. This sounds like a, it's your laptop kind of a problem. Like It okay. works on my machine. <laughs> so I popped open my bifocal laptop. I had my work laptop open. I was doing all my stuff. And I opened up my my uh, bifocal laptop that I take to conferences, opened up the page, boom, no problem. There are settings in Credge that are organizationally managed. And I have to imagine one of those is... Automatic page refresh not being allowed. So if you run into that problem, don't be shocked. It may be your browser is locked down by your company. Try it on
1: a different machine that's not managed. Yeah, the way those uh, those automatic uh, uh, refresh reports work is client-side. So, yeah, it has to be driven by the client. It's essentially, it's not exactly, but it's essentially hitting F5 an automated process to hit F5. It's not that brute force, but it's similar to that. No,
0: it's, it's, an, it's elements of the page getting an F5, That's not right. the entire right. page, which is what makes it nicer.
1: Yeah, the principle is the same. So, so, John, so what's, the, what's it would, new with this? So a, a streaming data flow is a brand new thing. So it is a data flow. You build out the connection to an event hub today. It's an event hub or an IoT hub in Azure. And when events flow into those hubs, they'll automatically flow into the data flow itself. And once it uh, gets into that data flow, you can essentially do most things with the data in that data flow you could with a typical data flow. The authoring experience is completely different, however. So you're not going to get the full Power Query experience. You will get the ability to do uh, basic aggregations, joins, things of that nature. But this is real-time data. So everything you're going to do is working on essentially like a, like a tumbling window basis. So you could do an aggregation. You could take data that's coming in every second and aggregate it down to the minute level and have that flow into the data flow as an example. So that creation and authoring experience is different in a streaming data flow. But once the data is in there, you work with it fundamentally fundamentally. The same way you take a report and you connect to that data, as you mentioned, you use this different connector, you use the power platform data flow connector, not the power bi data flow connector, which of course isn 't power bi part of the power platform. Oh, never mind, yeah, yeah, I have a funny feeling these two things are converging, but for now it 's the power platform connector, and you 're going to connect to it. And then what you're going to want to do, if you want your report to truly be real-time as well, you're going to want to make sure you use direct query to connect to that data flow. And you know what that means, Jace. That makes this thing a, a premium feature. And oh, it yeah. is a premium-only feature anyway. But in order to get the direct query capabilities with data flows, you need premium as well. So this is a premium, premium per user sort of feature. But it's pretty cool. So It works really well. I want to point something out to the audience that...
0: You know, you just mentioned and sort of glossed right over it. You have Mm -hmm. to have an event hub. This is something you have to set up in portal.azure.com and actually go in and do that whole thing. So, this is not something that is native to Power BI. This is yeah. setting up an event hub, and John and I, you, have, you and I, have done this, you know, for our weather data as well as for the Twitter data and things of that nature. So we have that capability. Weather data is getting the data. Weather data is going to get the streaming data flow treatment we're very shortly. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're, the fun of it is, is we're going to be able to take. Your event hub and my event hub connect to both of them. Yes, over, we will. That's going to be a lot of fun yes, to do will. as a real time demo in different Azure sources. That's Correct. right. Yeah. But the concept here is you have to have and. And an event hub is not a super-duper cheap thing because it's continuously running. It's an Azure resource that... It's not crazy, but yeah. it's, it's No, it's not it crazy, but, but it's something that does cost money. So this is something that if you're looking to play with, if you're looking at how do I work with real-time data, there's an Azure component and there's a Power BI component here, not just a Power BI component. I want to point out, if you go take a look at the... LinkedIn profiles of Amir and Arun these days, (laughs) there's an Azure component to them as well. So I think this is uh, something that is telling and is very interesting as we move forward. The Azure analytics side of things now is a part of their estate. And I think we're going to start to see that come together more. But you do have to, it is a disjointed creation experience if you're trying to do streaming data flows you have to create the event hub and all of its components in Azure, and
1: then you have to go off and create the streaming data flow in Power BI. That's absolutely right. And I should also point out that um, for the moment, the data sources are going to be an event hub or an IoT hub. That's not necessarily going to be the case going forward. They're going to be, uh, the team is going to be looking to add additional data sources for real time over time. And like PubNub, uh, I have no idea if PubNub is one of them, but it could be. It is it a fun name, though. We always call that out when we do our sessions. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, <laughs> that's the big one for me, and I'm I'm really excited about streaming data flows. Yeah, this is
0: it's it's very cool. I'm um, I i do not live in a streaming data flows world these days at work.
1: Yeah, tax data I, I is know. just not
0: something that is uh, is that dynamic. Excel doesn't move that quickly. No, uh, but even so, like uh, we're not dealing with real time tax data, so I probably won't get to use this one at work. So I'm going to have to work with it in the community, and have some fun. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. So the next one here, after the big one, is the mandatory label policy. And this one, it's something that you can require creators to set a sensitivity label when they create new content or edit existing content in Power BI. This is going to be corporately controlled by the the owners of the Power BI service in your organization. Again, I'm a fan of turning this on, even if, if everything is set to the default lowest, so that you have the capability of setting something higher than that later on. And then immediately following that one is a custom help link for sensitivity labels. This is really nice because you can, instead of just having it be a static, you know, thing that Microsoft has, you can say, because you can set whatever you want as far as sensitivity labels are concerned, right? You can take up to a specific corporate wiki page that explains in more detail, like if you share this, you'll be fired. Or, you know, this one, who cares? Everybody can have it. You know, share it with the Russians. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. And now we're gonna get yelled at by the Russians. Sorry, no, friends no, in Russia. Okay. We love you still. Uh, but you know yeah. and uh, you know. ask Mark Rockley. Yes, yes, yes. Then then Next one here is data sets hub Hubs. improvement. I yeah. like this. I didn't expect yes. to like it
1: as much as I do.
0: Yeah. The one that I especially like here is the share feature.
1: Yeah. So there's well there's a few things. There's there's chat and Teams, right? Yeah. So they've added this and I mean every month now there's a there's other improvements coming to the Data Set Hub. And I love this new pivot. The the pivot away from the report focus view of the world in Power BI and to a data set focus view of the world. And they're both valid, but it's nice to see the data set one being built out. So yeah, you'll be able to you know have a chat in around a particular data set, I don't know how much that's going to get used because you typically, I would think, want to chat around the report. But it's nice to have it. But the sharing capability, like you mentioned, you can share directly from this UI and you get that sort of OneDrive-looking UI show up again, right? Yeah, I
0: like this because you have the option of sending an email with your own custom information in it and you have the ability to allow recipients to share it or just to build content with the association of this data set. The next one is even more important, though, yep. which is refresh and scheduled refresh. Yet another yep. way to get to scheduled refresh, which
1: is just a little bit more in Intuitive, I think. Yeah, it is. Well, especially on a data set focused pivot point. I mean, that's the thing that gets refreshed. So, having to go to the data set, you know, hit that little ellipsis or the settings and then go into schedule, refresh that, that, it's a bit cumbersome. So, this really kind of brings it front and center and especially the refresh now capability because that's not always that easy to find. So, this is another probably easier way to get at that capability. Yeah. So, data set description is the next one. This is nice. It gives you yep. a field to be
0: able to fill in some information. The thing that I want to see here is multiple owners. And that's the one okay. that we don't have today that I really, really yeah. want to see. You know, We have that capability for other things like flows in Power Automate and stuff like that. I want to see multiple owners of a data set so that we can deal with things a little bit differently if you have Somebody rather than having to do the takeover thing, it'd be really nice to have multiple owners, but this is a good step forward, in my opinion, uh, giving us the ability to reference, because we can also put in the, in this information. Additional owners of this data set you can reach out to are
1: blah blah blah, 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 blah. blah. So gotcha, gotcha. And uh, goals as well. We're getting goals in here. Uh They're adding goals to the list of data set related reports. So when a new scorecard is created, it also generates a data set that holds the scorecard data. So now more work on goals coming in.
0: Yeah, and goals also shows up in lineage view this month, which... It wasn't before, which honestly right. was a little bit annoying. So it's nice that it's now showing up in lineage view, because I believe that any artifact should show up in lineage view. That's how I look at everything. I don't bother to look at the list view anymore. Lineage view is how I view the world. So but that's my bias, you know. <laughs> and now all actions are available in the data set hub landing page and in the dataset page. So you, yeah. you've got
1: more ways to get at stuff. Yep, that's it's basically just easier, more discoverable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So and yeah, you've covered off the goals uh showing up in the lineage view. The next one I I, I was a bit of a head scratcher for me because first of all, I never use it, but the scanner API mm-hmm. enhancements are including data set tables, columns measures, DAX expressions, and mashup queries. And I'm thinking scanner API. Mm-hmm. What am I scanning for? <laughs> it's not a scanner like as in an, an image scanner. It's scanning across the tenant specific metadata. So if you're using this feature, you've got some improvements to it. That's really all I can add to it. Yeah, this is
0: a developer thing. You yep. know, any admin, REST APIs, stuff
1: like that. Yeah, nothing more to add. Essentially, yeah, if, if you're writing code that goes against your Power BI tenant, this is the sort of thing you're going to be interested in. Things are more discoverable. So... Next up is the visualization section. As usual, we're not going to
0: dig into this. We'll mention Charticulator, the version 1.0.5 is out. I saw somebody post, Charticulator on Twitter, Charticulator is the most confusing Power BI
1: visual ever created. I, yeah, I, there's a reason why I'm <laughs> well, not, not using really it. it's really a visual, right? It's, although it, it technically is. It's a visual that lets you build visuals. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if you if you're in, in at that level, it's not going to be so confusing. But if you're not in at that level, it's going to be why would I ever use this thing? And you probably wouldn't. So that's fine. So visualizations. There's multiple sparklines,
0: the terrorist reporting, pure viz infographics from PowerPoint to Power BI. A dynamic Radial Bar Chart by JTA, uh, drill Down Waterfall Pro. I feel like we've seen that one before. I don't know if that's just a new version of it. Control Chart, XMR by Nova Silva. And uh, then the Editor's Pick, there's a bunch of them here as well. There is a template app being promoted this month, which is Analyze Your Email Marketing Performance Using MailChimp and campaign. I don't use MailChimp, John. I don't know about you. I don't know if this is... Uh,
1: we actually do, but uh, I haven't built anything out against it right yeah, now. I think
0: it's probably worth you
1: taking a look at this because they've got a nice
0: template app. It looks like uh, yeah, they've got some pretty cool stuff here.
1: I will call out, just in case Yaron is uh, is listening, that uh, it's it's not MailChimp. It's MailChimp. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> There's a typo in the blog post. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, hey, you know, one typo in an entire blog post. <laughs> I know, I know. But you got to call it. A, yeah, yeah, you, you caught it. I didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, yell at John. So, in, last but not least, and we've talked about this one in a previous episode about Power BI desktop installer changes and yep. web view too. So, you can go back mm-hmm. and listen to that. There's a, a tick box in the preview features to go ahead and use that as a new infrastructure update.
1: Uh, without going back, I'm not sure that that was in the previous month's update documentation. I don't know if you could uh, you turn it on this way. If you, I, am, am I out to lunch? No, no, no. We just had talked about why it was important, what was going on. Right. That's all I'm saying. Because I think this preview style selection is uh, is new to this month. I'm not 100% sure of that, though. You're absolutely correct, John.
0: I, you know, okay. So this is just, this is turning on that preview. I was merely saying this is something that we've talked about. We went into detail about why it's important what it is. So we're not going to do that. So Seems we don't need we're to do that over week. time on this episode. Exactly. So. Exactly.
1: Cool. Yeah. That takes us through, man. It was a. It's a fairly quick one, but uh, well, of course we managed to fill it up. Hey, <laughs> we, we always
0: do. I mean, we, we, we had to talk about the eggplants in my garden, man. That's a. Yeah. Of course. So
1: that's more. That's the most important thing. Hey, isn't it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I will be seeing you. Sometime Next time my sun, Sunday or Monday 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 I'm coming in Monday On Monday I'm looking forward to it my friend can't wait to see you and I trust that the Canadian border you're going to have no problems I know the the American side well, there were
1: questions Oh, it's so the the situation is now that the Canadian border the Canadians have opened their border to vaccinated Americans the Americans have not done the reverse but it's never been a problem for Canadians to go into the US as long as you're flying. that So the restriction now is if you're Canadian, you can't drive into the U.S. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, I know. So I've got to get a test. I got, there's a bunch of hoops I'm going to have to jump through, but uh, I'll know more about the experience next week.
0: Well, we'll look forward to hearing all about the awesome experience, and then uh, we will look forward to seeing you live and in person. We're going to do our show together for episode 200, which everybody yep. should have already listened to. I can't wait. I will see you in
1: Chicago, my friend. See you there, man. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is indie rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons.